What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. This is our E3 pod spectacular. <laughs> you knew we couldn't resist. Um, but we're doing it different this year. In years past, we've done separate shows uh, for each of the press conferences, or maybe we combine two of the press conferences into one, because we used to go through them blow by blow. Uh, this year, we did not feel the need to do that, because quite frankly, it has been a lackluster E3 2019, and I'm probably being generous uh, by using the term lackluster. Uh, I am joined, of course, by Micah. Hey. And by Carrie. What's up? So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do them all. We're gonna go in chronological order. But here's the thing, guys we're not we're not going through it step by step. We're not going to talk about every single announcement that. No, was we ain't done. got time for that. We don't have time for that. We're not going to sit here for three hours and do this shit. Um, we're gonna talk about the stuff that we enjoyed the most, that we're the most excited about, that happened at these presentations, or that or that we think is just the most notable, uh, even if it's not something that we are personally excited for. We're trying to keep this positive. Um, the reason, the reason we didn't want to go through blow by blow is because I'm, I'm in Terrence's camp or I'm in Terrence's camp now. Uh, if you don't have gameplay, I don't fucking care. Yeah. (laughs) And this year, man, good God. Yeah. (laughs) What's, what was longer Avengers infinity, infinity war or, or end game or infinity war and end game. Or the amount of CGI trailers back to back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> to back, to back, to back. So Ubisoft's entire press conference? <laughs> so we'll get into mm-hmm. that. Um, we have to actually start, though, before E3, uh, because Google Stadia beat everybody to the punch. They had a they had a what's called a Stadia Connect, uh, their version of a Nintendo Direct, I guess, last Thursday, uh, to talk about Google Stadia, to introduce the pricing that the platform is going to have to talk about some of the games that you'll see on there, um, to talk about the bandwidth constraints. And, and to me, that's the most notable story, because, look, every, everyone knew the games would be the games. You know, obviously, it's going to roll out at the beginning. Stadia Pro, $10 a month. That's about what we expected. They haven't detailed what's included with that besides the premium streaming settings that you have to, ha- that you have, to have Stadia Pro in order to access. Uh, but 35 megabits per second, if you want 4K... 60 frames per second gameplay. Now, you don't have to have that to play anything. Uh, you can have as little as 10 megabits per second uh, download speeds in order to play in 1080. Um, but to get the premium settings, you have to have that 35 megabit per second connection. And as we found out, uh, if you're using that optimal connection, you're moving about 20 gigabytes of data per hour spent gaming on Google Stadia. It's a lot. It's too much. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a whole lot. It's too much, and and that right there tells me that while this is going to be, pro- it's probably going to be a successful platform. Um, there is there are some other problems that it has. It's going to have the same problem the Epic Game Store has that people already have their shit on Steam, and they don't want to have to move. Uh, and now they're going to complicate the issue by having, hey, people, I already have my shit on PlayStation. I don't want to have to move. I don't want to have to buy. Destiny again. I don't want to have to buy Borderlands on two platforms in order to to play it, you know, everywhere. Kind of deal. Yeah. So I don't know. I like I said, I, I'm I, I have the feeling that this is going to cater to like the top one percent essentially of gamers out there. But I I don't understand how in this early iteration, at least until the free version comes out where you can do 1080 um and it's free. Mm-hmm. 
I don't understand how it's it's going to have mass appeal. I really don't. I don't see it yet. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I think it's an interesting experiment. Um, like I have, I have personally zero interest in it at all. So uh, I'm taking a a real hard wait and see approach. Maybe it'll be cool. Maybe game streaming is the future of of gaming. Um, but at this point in time, I. I don't know. I have my doubts. Um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, three for three. I'm just not uh, 100% convinced about. Uh, yeah, no, nah, yo, no. Nah. Because like, <laughs> what, if, what if we have those optimum settings, right? You're still be- you're still beholden to your cable provider. Your cable provider is not gonna twenty twenty gigs an hour. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. Data caps still exist. <laughs> Throttling right. still exists. Like these are things that aren't going away just because Google's coming on the block saying, "Hey, we're you know we want you to be able to use your data to stream this shit." And again, that's so I, I did I did some quick calculations. So I'm I play probably about an average of ten hours per week gaming, and I would say that that's probably above average. I'm certainly not playing as much as like the most ardent gamers are, but I'm playing more than you know casuals are. So if I'm doing 10 hours a week, that's 40 hours a month. 40 hours a month at 20 gigs per hour is 800 gigabytes of data <laughs> per month. And that's just gaming. That that's doesn't count lot. anything else that I use data for. Ah, <laughs> so much. Come on, yo. Oh, yeah. No. You so, got to, I don't know, man. We'll see. And again, and, and Comcast and Cox uh, Media... Uh, serve 125 million customers in the United States, and they still use data caps on yep. their service. So we'll see. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. And, and like I said, if anything, this this will incentivize ISPs to harden those caps. Yep. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> can you imagine, man? Can you imagine, Micah? You're old enough to remember this. Do you remember when your cell phones were first around and you first got your first cell phone? And you went over your minutes, yeah. or you went over your texts. Yep. I, look, and, I, and your parents would I, look. Excuse me on for you. one second. I am old <laughs> enough to remember this, also. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you were old enough to remember uh, limited texts minutes for no, cell phones. The 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 first cell phone that my family had was on the Sprint Spectrum plan, and we had fifteen <laughs> minutes a month. There you go. And Jesus but the Christ. first the first minute was free. So as long as you wrapped up that phone call within the first sixty seconds. Your like your minutes for the month wouldn't get hit, so my parents would send me to the mall with the cell phone and just tell me to call them real quick when I needed to be picked up. Okay, it's like so that. Uh, it's I'm like not that. a fetus. I I remember minutes. <laughs> it's like that Geico commercial where this guy. I think it's a Geico commercial. Where this guy calls up this guy collect call and he's like, "Yeah, uh, this collect call for Jim." He's like, "Well, what's the name? Uh, my name is Bob. We Auto Baby Eats a Boy." I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> Who was that, dear? Oh, it's Bob. They had a baby. It's a boy. So, so yeah. But but you remember like you go over and your parents like the bill would be an extra fifty dollars that month and your parents oh, yeah. would fucking flip out on you. Yeah, Imagine man. little Timmy going over on mom and dad's data cap at the price of ten dollars per ten gigabytes overage. <laughs> Playing Google Stadia. Playing fucking I, Fortnite on the Stadia. Yeah. I can't I can't wait to fucking see how this is gonna how this is gonna go. So again, it's wait and see. Um the founders pack 
is a good deal um, if you want to be an early adopter. It's one thirty. You get a controller. You get a Chromecast. You get three months. Three months to give to a friend, and apparently all of Destiny Two forever uh, as part of the Founders Pack. So neat. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, speaking of Destiny, that same day, right after the Google press conference, they announced uh, not only uh, the new expansion, which is called Shadowkeep, go back to the moon, um, where that wizard came from. Moon's Thanks, haunted. English ghost. Moon is super haunted. <laughs> um, but they also laid out a the a complete world worldview change um, for Destiny Two, and I'm just going to go over the stuff real quick, and I'll get Micah's reaction because I know Carrie, you're not into that at all. No. Nope. Um, they're leaning into the MMORPG aspect. They're not running away from that term anymore, which is a bit of a running joke uh, over Destiny's timeline. <laughs> There's going to be a free-to-play version coming in September that pretty much has all of Destiny Year One plus some extras. Uh, they're not going to require campaign completion to re- to play endgame content anymore. <sighs> Thank God. So that Micah can just jump into it when he's behind and uh, and needs to get back into it. Um, expansions will be standalone. You don't need to purchase any previous content if you don't want to. You can just buy the current expansion, and if you miss a season, no big deal. You can just purchase the next season. You just need you just won't get the previous season's content, obviously, but you'll still get everything new that's coming. Armor 2.0. You can finally look the way you want to fucking look with the perks that you want to have on your armor. Thank fucking Christ! <laughs> Instead of looking like a goddamn hobo running around the fucking uni- galaxy, you know, in your shitty in your shitty uh fucking threads just because you need those perks <laughs> for your loadout um all sorts of stuff they're looking into pvp fixing that later uh they're looking to improve the social spaces in the game and and improve the player to player interaction basically it's like oh cross cross progression across platforms by the way also pretty cool and the only reason i would consider getting stadia early is to so i could just you know move over there and play destiny at 60 frames per second uh, in 4K, which would be fucking awesome. Basically, I was shocked to see apparently how constricting Activision actually was. I don't think any of us realized the to the extent to which Activision was exercising their influence on this franchise. Yeah, um, you know, you see, um, you see stories of of the folks at Bungie literally popping bottles. When they were free of of Activision, and you think, wow, what what funny hyperbole? No, no, no. They even took a little dig at them uh, in their little um, in their little video diary. Um, it it makes me excited to play Destiny again. Um, I I but I do have a fear that um, that I would just kind of fall back into the same destiny rut, but they're saying all the good thing. They're saying everything that they need to say, like no campaign completion uh, needed to like level up your character. I mean, that's, that's beautiful uh, because I, now I can roll other characters without right. having that's a, the biggest thing for me. Uh, right. Like as well, uh, you know, I, I, I would, I, I would want to, you know, and and the fact that like it's a little thing, but like that because you know you don't see you when you're playing Destiny only in like hub worlds, but yeah, I want to look the way I want to look in Destiny. I want to know that I have a matching set on instead of like Adidas pants, one Reebok shoe, one Fila shoe, <laughs> a Kangol hat, 
and a and a you know Tommy Hilfiger shirt or something. You know what I mean? Like I want to I want to I want to look good. So yeah, they're saying all the right things, man. Um, but honestly, uh, I'm gonna wait for you to tell me how you are enjoying it. Oh, I'm I'm super hyped for when Shadowkeep comes out. I'm enjoying the menagerie right now, but I think that uh, I think that year three of Destiny two is gonna be uh, a huge paradigm shift, and I and it makes me confident for the future of the franchise. Frankly, um, as Bungie goes it alone without uh, without help from Activision. Uh, but I'm very excited. It also seems like they're sticking with Destiny 2 for a while, and they're going to iterate on that rather than uh, push forward for Destiny 3, which I'm totally fine with, because Destiny 2, is uh, it plays it's a great system that plays really well. So yeah. um, let's get to E3 proper. Uh, we, of course, lead it off with Microsoft uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, I, I'm not sure how we're going to do this. I mean, we can talk about the stuff first that the, the one thing that's on all three of our lists um, and for most people, this was the fucking moment of, of E3 period so far. And that, of course, was Keanu Punk 2077. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Keanu Reeves. He's that the was, best. That was a fucking, that was a fucking, we, it's so hard to get surprises like that anymore. Like that was a legitimate, like fucking moment when at the end of that trailer, you know, that dude leans down and it's fucking Keanu Reeves and, and, and like everyone. And then like actual Keanu Reeves right, is there Keanu at the Reeves. show. I, I'm, I can't believe they kept the lid on that mm-hmm. the way that they did. Um, and I can't believe uh, at least it's, it's fun to have surprises like that. That's the kind of surprises that I like. And, and um, the, the, the whole your breathtaking thing. I'm just like, good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's true. Keanu Reeves is breathtaking. <laughs> I don't like. I'm sort of eh about the game. I'm just glad Keanu Reeves was there. Um, oh, and he is. Go ahead, Micah. He is. Um, he is breathtaking, and uh, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I'm glad that he's having his like renaissance into uh, into the zeitgeist again. Um, as far as uh, this game is concerned, yeah, man, I'm super excited. I, I wish, um, I wish that there was. You know, another gameplay trailer. But um Yeah. They they might do what they did last year, do like a behind closed doors thing that eventually gets released out as well. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. To see that. Yeah. I uh I hope so because I, I am excited for this game. This is um this seems like the type of like first person RPG that I would want to play. Just in a dirty ass sci fi world. And um, I just, I, I really wanted to see the actual game. Do you know if you can customize your character? I know you can pick the gender, but I don't know if you can I customize I think your you character. can. Pretty sure you can. Because I think you can, right? Because this guy looks He generic. looks boring as shit. Yeah, he looks generic enough mm-hmm. that it's like, uh, come yeah, on, I got but that could also be that could also be like the you know default shepherd. Yeah, character that mm. they used to use in the trailers. Yeah, kind of thing. I hope so. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait for this game. They also announced uh, April sixteenth next year. Um, one of the bevy of games that are coming out next spring, which we're going to talk about most of them. I'm fucked. Um, I'm fucked. Yeah, this uh, this 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 the, this week. There's a week and a half in September that we're all completely fucked for, and <laughs> yeah, okay. there's and then then like the the three month spring period in next spring that we're all fucked for. See, yep. you gotta so. you gotta do like me, man. Just go ahead and pre order this shit now. I'm a, sh- <laughs> I'm a show for the business. 
I'm a shill for the business. Yeah, I pre-ordered it because <laughs> uh, I'm going to buy it. So, uh, you know. I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Man. I can't wait. Um, 12 Minutes was a game uh, Mike and I both had on our Microsoft list. This is a psychological thriller um, where you play as a man stuck in a time loop um, in his apartment, basically, uh, where his wife is essentially i think what is it she's, she's accused of her father's murder yeah 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 and the and and this and this uh looks like an fbi agent basically coming in and essentially you're the goal of the game is you just have to survive for 12 minutes to 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 win quote unquote hmm. but because you're in a time loop every time that you die um you are armed with the knowledge of what came before so you can try to do something different um, you can use that knowledge to learn more about the situation that you're in. Um, yeah, but a Groundhog Day situation, basically. It just looks very interesting. Um, looks very minimalist. It looks like one of those games that if you're into like heavy rain and stuff like that, if you like exploring all the different aspects of a game and, and kind of digging into those secrets, that seems like there might be a lot there. And this was basically developed by one guy. If I'm not mistaken, he's had it, uh, in the works for, Several years at this point. Apparently, uh, the kind of funny crew uh, they they played it on a on a uh, on like a let's play four years ago, wow. um, <laughs> and it's just now coming out to uh, Xbox One and PC. So, yeah, twelve minutes looks cool. Um, Michael, what are your thoughts on what you saw? Um, I mean, it, it, you pretty much you pretty much nailed it. Uh, I. I enjoy games like this. There was one game um, I enjoy, like butterfly effect games and 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 uh, Groundhog Day style games. Um, I don't know. I just it just seems incredibly interesting to me, and um, I like uh, I like trying to find out di- the different paths and stuff. It's a it's a very unique take on a on a puzzle game, basically. And um, yeah, it looks super interesting, man. I wonder, I wonder if we are. So this trailer is an overhead shot. It's an it's an interesting looking shot. And I wonder if we are going to experience the whole game like this. Like I I would assume we are, but I I don't I don't know. The way it's shot gives a very like mysterious vibe to it. I I I don't know. I I just really think I I really find this interesting. So, Carrie, I'm going to let you talk about why in the world you'd be excited about Fantasy Star Online 2 <laughs> coming to Xbox. I'm very Seven excited. Years after they announced that. Yes, it was that's to Xbox. exactly why I'm excited about it because it took them this fucking long to do it. Um, so, fun fact about me is I played the shit out of Fantasy Star Universe on PlayStation 2 when I was in college, basically until they shut down the servers. Um, and I kept thinking, I was like, oh, well, like, PSO2 came out in Japan, so, like, PSO did really well here, and PSU did pretty well here, so, like, why wouldn't they release PSO2? And it just never fucking happened. So I'm pretty excited for PSO2. Um, I like the Fantasy Star uh, universe at large quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to have all the extra content that has so far released in Japan. It's going to be free to play. So yeah, fuck yeah! Like I don't, I 
I am not a, an MMO person, um, but I already have a handful of friends who are like, I'm all in on, on PSO2. So the fact that I'll be able to like go in with a core group of people and just like play through the game with some of my closest friends, like that's super appealing to me. I like Fantasy Star and this is long overdue. So yeah, I'm fucking stoked for it. Very cool. I, I did not even realize the Fantasy Star was still was still kicking, honestly. Like I thought it was just kind of lost in the malaise and, and not really putting out new stuff because Because I Sega Final never Fantasy fucking 14. released the content in English. Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. It took them so long, but they're finally doing did, it. So. Did they have to wait to see the success that Final Fantasy fourteen was enjoying before they're like, you know what? Maybe maybe uh localizing this for the West would be a really good idea. <laughs> I really have to wonder. So in any case, it's finally uh, happening. So Mike, I'm I'm making you go last, by the way, because I, I can't wait to hear your justification for what you're gonna talk about. Well, so I actually go... I actually wanted to talk about Carrie's other game. Oh. <laughs> but I, oh, I wanted to be talk, I wanted to be different, so well, let's talk about Outer Worlds. Yeah. Um, this is what Microsoft opened their conference with, um, which I thought was an interesting choice. But I, like, for me, it was just like, cool, anti-capitalist space fallout. Um, yeah, I was on board with this the, the moment they announced it last year. So this finally has a release date, like October? October, yeah. November? October, something October like that? 25th. Okay. Yeah. Same day as Call of Duty, by the way. So I, thought, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that might change, possibly. I don't know. Like, before I'm, it's all said and done, I'm gonna play the shit out of this. Like, I love the dev team behind it. Like, it's a lot of the same folks who did Fallout New Vegas, which is my favorite Fallout. So, I'm I am all in on Outer Worlds. I cannot wait to play this game. Uh, I agree, man. When I when I uh, Saw this last year. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the the announcement trailer was a had a little more humor in it last year, didn't it? It did. Um, I think because I was like, is this the same game? <laughs> last year, they were sort of putting their dick on the table a little bit because they were like, from the creators of Fallout, Fallout Two, and Fallout New Vegas, <laughs> is this new game? And it like really leaned into the sort of Fallout style humor, whereas the trailer this year is more about. Um, what seems to be sort of like the main story and fighting back against these corporations that are controlling this area of the galaxy. So, well, I'm uh, I'm with you. I am uh, super interested in this game. Obsidian, you know, I never played Fallout New Vegas. Um, Dude, it's so good. With when um, when I hear the name Obsidian, I I hear you know the 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 junior leagues, the the double A. <laughs> You know, squad. <laughs> but, um, you know, everyone says that Fallout New Vegas is just the tits. And um, and I do like Obsidian's games. It's just that I remember the ones that I've played. They just weren't, but, but, partly because they were following Bioware games. Mm. And, they, and they weren't, you know, they weren't Bioware games. But, right. you know, Bioware games aren't Bioware games anymore. So, <laughs> well... Uh, but yeah, uh, look, I'm all in. I'm super excited for this thing. I thought it was. I didn't know it was coming out so soon, which means I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make some some money moves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I really want to like Outer Worlds. Um, the theme is right up my alley. Um, my only worry is that if it's very Fallout esque, if it's very narrative driven, that's not going to that's not going to compel me. Um, I like the loot. 
I like getting the loot. So like I said, see, that doesn't compel me at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I hope yeah, it's narrative. Borderlands is there for that. Um, I, I'll try Outer Worlds. I will give it a shot. Um, but I, I, if it's if it's very Bethesda esque, um, in terms of the way the game is laid out, I don't see myself staying very long unless the narrative is like fucking amazing and super compelling and keeps me keeps me attached. Um, the end of the game for a little bit. So we'll see. Um. I might not pick it up at launch, but I might get it, you know, after it comes out in that, you know, little gap that we have from like December to fucking March, March when all of our lives end, <laughs> essentially. Um, I was actually pretty impressed by the new Elite controller that they showed off. Uh, of course, it's the original Elite controller came out three years ago. Already? Yeah, it's been that long. Um, and since then, a lot of their competitors... Uh, notably, Sony have made leaps and bounds between the Scuf Vantage and the Astro C40, uh, which is a controller that I like a lot. And so the Elite controller is kind of due for a refresh. Uh, Microsoft is doing that by adding uh, rubber, a lot more rubber, rubber uh, rubberization to the triggers and the fucking controller to make it easier to hold. Um, they're allowing you to adjust the tension of the analog sticks, which is not something that I ever thought that I would need to need to do. But I guess if you're a pro out there, you can have it exactly as tense as you want to i had that on the triggers for the scuff vantage but yeah for the for analog sticks i didn't uh i didn't see that one coming uh there's a few other minor features it's going to come with a uh battery charger you can actually put it in the case and charge it while it's in the case uh which is a nice little uh added feature for the controller as well uh of course this is going to come with added cost i think it's 200 bucks for this controller um but i think it's cool and like i said i i I like the fact that first parties um saw that side business that like scuff and companies like scuff were doing and said, you know what? We should fucking get into this. Um, because gamers want this. I didn't, I didn't ever think I would want to spend 200 bucks on a controller, but after using the C40, um, it's been worth every penny so far, even for, even for someone that doesn't play professionally, it's just more comfortable to use and hold and, and just being able to tweak it to your exact specifications is nice. So I dig the new lead controller, uh, that Microsoft put out. So Micah, you put on the list Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I mean, we we have to put it on there because it's Star Wars, right? Like, no, we don't have to put it. On there. <laughs> look, so, look. The only reason I put it on here is because I think it was Leonardo who said, "If Brad shits on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I swear to God." So I was like, you know what? Let me put this on here. <laughs> Well, so we we're not so we didn't talk about EA because EA wasn't dropping a lot of news. No, uh, even though Street's coming back to FIFA 20, which is fucking excellent. Um, but EA wasn't dropping a lot of news. They showed an extended gameplay, about a 15 minute gameplay trailer of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and for the life of me, unless you were an ardent Force Unleashed fan, like if you thought Force Unleashed was just the bee's knees, and I'm on record on this show uh, as not thinking that that game was the bee's knees. Carrie, you apparently thought it was the bee's <laughs> knees. I really liked Force Unleashed. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. And despite uh, my better judgment, I'm kind of excited for Fallen Order. Um, my one grape, which I posted about in the group, out of an entire fucking galaxy, you're forcing us to play as just another boring-looking white dude. Are you fucking kidding me with that shit? Yeah, like... Uh, more, more on diversity later. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, no, in 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 the good respect, when we when we get to a certain uh, 
certain company. Um, yeah. It looks like Force Unleashed 3, guys. I'm sorry. It does. Good. It fucking does. I'm going to play the shit out of it. It honestly, I'm going to do looks, it. I like uh, me a Star War. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even like, you see how low the camera sits and how the character animations are? Like, it looks like Uncharted. Like, I'm not the mm. first person to make that comparison, but. I it, think it's like somewhere between Uncharted and God of War. Yeah, and it's um, if, isn't if this by the God of War people? Stig Asmussen directed God of War three. Yeah. Okay. Um, if this game is half the game that the most recent God of War is, that'll be a huge triumph. Oh, that's how little expectation <laughs> I have well, for Jedi Fallen Order. Now, what about the argument that I've seen that that um, yes, this game looks like a third. This game looks exactly like what it is. It's a third-person action adventure game with um, with the nonsense that has been uh, the Battlefront series. And is this something that is good for Star Wars? Like Star Wars gaming? Just- I think if they can put out a a game with um, what appears to be pretty fun combat gameplay, um, the Force powers I thought looked compelling to use. Um, I thought the lightsaber combat was compelling. Um, if if the story, which you know includes Saul Guerrero and uh, supposedly some other sort of like tertiary Star Wars characters, um, if if the story is even decent, um, I I feel like this will somewhat be considered a win for Star Wars gaming because what the fuck else have we gotten over the over the low that bar that that's I mean that's (laughs) the problem right like the bar has gone for (laughs) one of our most prized fucking licensed which sucks I still think EA has largely just like pissed away the license um but yeah I mean look I I hope it's good I hope it comes out and it's fun to play because I would like to play a Star Wars game that's fun to play. Because when was the last time that happened? Um, Look, I did not. Some I did not pre-order this. Uh, I, am, <laughs> I, no, I haven't smart. pre-ordered it either. I, smart. I am not. Uh, I'm not expecting much from it. But um, I, I do hope. I do hope it's fun, and I do hope people enjoy it. And I, you know, maybe I'll, it, this seems like the perfect like, knock twenty bucks off, and then I'll then I'll buy it. I mean, look, some games are Cyberpunk 2077, and some games are going to be a 7.5. And that's going to be... <laughs> the, world, the world needs 7.5s also. <laughs> so we move on from there. Um, we move on to Bethesda. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give Bethesda credit. Their, their presentation uh, was paced well. Uh, it was coherent. It had one game that me and Micah both were very interested in from the trailer. Um, a second game that Mike was also very interested in from the trailer. And then we're going to talk about what we know that Carrie wants to talk about. No one here, is, no one here has any questions or qualms <laughs> about what Carrie is going to talk about. So we're going to save her <laughs> for last. Uh, Mike, you and I are both not fans of the Dishonored franchise, yet Arcane's new game, Deathloop, looks at least interesting uh, from the trailer that they showed. And I know it didn't show gameplay. But the concept uh, looks intriguing, and it looks like it could be fun. It looks it looks almost Tarantino esque, also in terms of the the style they're going for in the game as well. Yeah, um, I got a I got a more of a Robert Rodriguez vibe, but you know, mm-hmm. six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. Um, 
these these two assassins uh, seem to be locked in combat. And um, yeah, this is this is what a trailer is supposed to do. Um, it it just looks awesome, and the concept looks cool, right? It's like they're locked in combat, and they keep one upping each other, you know, killing one another, and then they immediately come back to do it again. And um, you know, look, I don't know if part of it is because these two people are black. Like it made me, it made me pay attention to it. Um, you know, I hate to bring race, uh, especially, especially the sea of whiteness that had preceded, uh, yeah, this <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, but, uh, then I actually took a look at the trailer and it just seems, I don't know, man, it just seems cool. I'm, I'm really interested to see what this game is about what type of game it is. Um, if it's more this, I like, is it, is it, is it first person? Is it, is it uh third person? Like, is it, is it, um, is it like a multiplayer game where, where it's just, you know, you and one other person going back and forth, trying to one up each other on kills I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm I'm incredibly interested to see what this game is about. And like you said, intrigue is what you want if you're not going to show me gameplay. Yeah. You got to give me intrigue. Yeah. Um, both of you were pretty were pretty uh excited about that Ghostwire Tokyo trailer too, were you not? Uh this is another game that um uh the trailer did it for me. Like this is you know the the weeb that I desperately try to hide from people <laughs> <laughs> just just sees oh it's taking place in Japan uh oh and then I immediately like oh what is this um according to the def- to the official description after sh- after strange disappearances hit Tokyo's population it's up to you to uncover the source and purge the city of a strange new evil armed with your mysterious spectral abilities. You will face down the occult, unravel conspiracy theories, and experience urban legends like never before. Um, yeah, this is from the people that did um, The Evil Within. And um, I haven't played The Evil Within. Uh, it is my understanding that um, that uh, that game is really scary. And, and people like it. Uh, I don't know if this particular game is going to be scary. Um the developer says that this is an action adventure game and I haven't known those to be particularly scary but uh yeah I uh, I I'm super into it. I would just like to quote uh a gentleman and a scholar uh who I know very well who on this very podcast has said more than once I don't like ghost shit. and yet here you are excited for ghostwire tokyo that's how good this trailer it got me (laughs) i don't like ghost shit and now i'm gonna get two games with the word ghost in the title (laughs) what Really? Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, okay. Tsushima. I thought you were talking about Ghost Recon. Uh, are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's even funnier because I because I, I went back. Uh, I, I cleared my queue of podcasts. So I, I occasionally will go back and listen to an old episode 
of this podcast just to see um like how we've evolved and, and things of that nature just for funsies and also to laugh because we're fucking funny and the episode that I happened to pick had micah going on like a 10 minute rant <laughs> against ubisoft shooters <laughs> yo um, i hate them <laughs> they're not good <laughs> i hate them all right carrie yeah just just tell us tell us why tell us why look I've been getting back into Fallout 76 recently. Um, Carrie. Look. Are you excited for the non-playable characters to be I'm I'm excited for (laughs) human NPCs, yes. I mean, look, I I thought um, the way that they they got on stage and they admitted, hey, we had a rough launch. No, no, they no, did not. Yeah. No, they no, did not. not. I am sorry. Todd, Todd Howard does not get to come on stage and be fucking coy and be fucking cute about the fucking debacle that was that game. Boy, you guys released. really criticized us, huh? I mean, oh, what, it was a really I, I did, intre- it was I did interesting think, year. I did a think really it was really interesting year. I mean, he, he, look, they 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 said, "Hey, we got a lot of criticism. We've been listening to the criticism, and they are responding to the criticism as far as like what they've put into the game recently, what they are going to continue to put into the game, as far as future story stuff with Wastelanders and whatnot." Um, I mean, look, the game at launch was not a game that should have been launched in the state that it was in, but. Uh, the fact that everything since then has been free, um, they are adding new modes that are free, including a battle royale that I'll probably never play. Um, <laughs> I'm playing for I play for adventure mode. Like I I enjoy Fallout games. I enjoy the style of the game. I enjoy just wandering around West Virginia and shooting cryptids, um, which I mean I could do in real life, but it's probably more legal <laughs> to do it in a video game. Yeah, I mean look. I I think the fact that they have not given up on Fallout 76, the fact that they recognize that the community is super nice. I love the Fallout 76 community, man. Like people in that community are are really friendly to everyone else. There's no griefing or anything like that. Everyone's just trying to trying to help each other out and and it's I don't know. Well, that's what happens it's nice. when you I like this trash game, guys. Like you're not going to change my mind about it. I like this bullshit. And uh, Todd Howard can keep throwing new content at it, and I'll keep playing it because they're not charging anything for the additional content. It's it's all just sort of included. I mean, so. everyone's nice because you know Father Todd is 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 <laughs> very like he's very open about the dopamine usages that you guys are taking. Like <laughs> like I, okay, I I completely understand that you are a fan, right? Mm-hmm. But but please be one hundred percent honest. Was that crowd obnoxious, or is just that just how you people are? So, as with a lot of press conferences, you have a lot of the staff from a lot of these companies there. So I assume mm. the people who were objectively fucking obnoxious, but also kind of funny in a way. Um, at the Bethesda conference were some folks who worked for either Bethesda Softworks or ZeniMax who had like one too many Red Bull vodkas before the start of the show. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ, you know, like, uh, I'm the director of publishing. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw people complaining on t- Twitter. They're like, oh, Bethesda planted people in the crowd. It's just like, no, like, 
Well, they're, they're people who tweets, work for yeah. Bethesda, people <laughs> who work for Microsoft and Ubisoft and Square are in attendance at these conferences. So, like, yeah, I guess having your staff there at your event is a plant. But, I mean, it's I don't think anyone was... I don't think if you had pulled that guy aside, he would have been like, yeah, I'm just some random guy who really likes Bethesda. He would have been like, I work in QA for ZeniMax or some shit like that. So... <laughs> Like I said, I'm I'm happy for fans of the game that Bethesda is not leaving them in the dirt and trying to make improvements and trying to make the game that they that they wanted that they want that the fans want it to be. Um, I wanted a little bit more contrition from Todd Howard, especially. You're never going to get contrition wake, from Daddy Todd. Are you kidding? In the wake <laughs> of that fucking IGN interview that he did, where he basically admitted that he, they knew the game wasn't going to be up to snuff. Yeah. And yet they still released it at $60. They still had no problems when two weeks after the game came out, 30, you know, 30% price cuts were yeah. in effect. You know, and, and, and no, the, I the, mean, the, the, the launch was handled badly. Yeah. Um, but the, the game is free, like, this week. Um, and if it's a game that maybe you played a little bit when it came out and you just dropped it, understandably, or you saw the reviews and you never picked it up, also understandably, um, I mean... Play it for free this week and and sort of see see how you feel how you feel the game is has shaped out so far. Um, I'm looking forward to the new content. I want to play it. So so we'll move on to Ubisoft, um, which had a very Ubisoft presentation. Mm -hmm. I was I they sure was, did. They 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 opened strong, and I was bored to tears for the rest of the fucking yeah. conversation. Um, I am shocked that Beyond Good and Evil 2 wasn't even mentioned, mm. which means don't even expect that until fucking Gen 9. I, I didn't even realize that until you just mentioned it. Like, that was a yeah. game I had completely forgotten about. Yep. So, yep. and, and, and like I said, it's, it's not coming out till, till next 2022. Fox like, yeah, it's not. So yeah. don't, don't expect that anytime soon. Um, but I was the the one trailer, not trailer, the one gameplay demo they showed that blew me away, and I was not expecting to be blown away mm -hmm. um, by this. Was but Watch Dogs Legion looks good, actually revolutionary for its genre. It you know six years later, but you know it's it looks actually revolutionary for the open world sandbox genre. And we talked about this on the show briefly last week. Um, when the news leaked about how is this you can play as any NPC character going to work, and from the looks of this demo, uh, pretty fucking cool actually, being able to do this. Yeah. As yeah. Uh, so, okay, okay. Um, first off, I I like this franchise. I really do. I think they make these games just for me. Because they're open world <laughs> games, they take place in cities that I personally like, and they use tech as magic. Like, this is, I, I love this franchise. Um, the, the, you know, we were skeptical about the whole, you can recruit anybody for your mission thing was bizarre because we didn't know what that meant. And apparently, like you, like you told us yesterday, Brad, it, it it seems like there are, it's like a, a an RPG job system where there are probably 
let's say 10 jobs, right? 10 different jobs. And each person populating the world is randomly one of those 10 jobs. Um, the, you know, the jobs being people who have specialties in, in certain drones or yeah, hacking or, or security or, you know, fucking yeah. uh, hot flash having grandmas who just walk up and shoot you in the face with a desert eagle. Like, I, I 100% <laughs> stand for Helen. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, you get to play an ex-assassin grandma who's just like out here not giving a single fuck anymore. That's a life goal right there. So um, this is this is actually pretty. And then you can follow you can follow that character like you can be that character. I think throughout the majority of the game, like if you find a character with a skill that you want to be. You could just be that character or you could recruit other people. And look, if you want to be a bigot and you only want to recruit people to look like you, all right, go ahead and be a bigot and just recruit people to look like you. Or if you want to have like a rainbow coalition and have, you know, fucking um, uh, bullet tooth Tony and, and, and partnered up with grandma, partnered up with, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to be racist. Um, but I can't do it, so I'm just gonna skip it. Uh, you can do that. <laughs> I, yo, this I'm very, I'm very, very excited for this new Watch Dogs. It's like, and and like I said, you have to give them a ton of credit because we we rail on companies all the time for not being very, you know, racially and gender progressive at, or sexual orientation progressive. And it feels like in this game, you're going to have your pick of the fucking litter. Like, you you can literally have, the like Michael said, a rainbow coalition of people that y- you can recruit in this game if you want to. So if you're looking for someone that looks like you, um, I'm sure you'll find someone that hopefully has the skill set that you're looking for. It's pretty cool. And I, and I think that that, I hope that gets talked about in the, in the buildup to the game. Um, cause I think that they deserve a lot of credit for that. The gameplay looks very watchdogs ish. Um, it doesn't look like at least from first glance that there's anything revolutionary going on no. in terms of the game. Um, but I think it's cool. They're also leaning into, cause the way a lot of people played watchdogs too, is they role played with Marcus. Um, you know, a lot of people talked about how they, their Marcus didn't use guns or, you know, their Marcus, you know, always use non-lethal means or things of that nature. He was maybe he was just a murder machine. And it seems like having all these different skill sets um, or, you know, different jobs that people can do will allow you to customize that as well. Um, it looks really neat. Uh, the, the added feature of permadeath is very interesting yeah. in a game of this type. It's not usually seen in a game of this type. Um, and apparently uh, when in, in the demo they showed where the one dude goes down who eventually dies. Um, if you like bow out of that mission at that point, like you'll get sent to a hospital and he'll heal as like, he'll be unavailable for a little while, but then he'll be, you know, back in the mix. So if you want to keep them, you know, you have a choice to make, but if you want to go for broke, um, you can, but at the risk of, you know, possibly losing that character, uh, permanently, that's pretty cool. And, and will lead to some interesting, 
gameplay choices, especially as you get to certain parts of missions and things of that nature. And that's, it looks really cool. Um, I, I was I was completely shocked that this game arguably was the most interesting game um, that I've seen at E3 so far. Yeah, the um, the permadeath thing, like that's an easy way to. That's it's it's a cheap way, but it's it's an effective way to make you care about your characters when your story is not revolving around a main character. You know, mm-hmm. like you have to you have to. Like if that's your favorite, if fucking if 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 you know bald bloke is your favorite and he dies mid mission, like you're gonna be pissed, man. It's not the same kind of care that you know you would see from a a well written character, but you're gonna be mad. It's like God damn it, I like bald bloke. He was he was a good he was a good fella. So yeah, look. I'm super excited for this game. I can't wait. Uh, this is another one of the games that's coming out in 2020, which uh, March 20th. <sighs> so I will have I'll have four weeks to play it until <laughs> Cyberpunk comes out. So. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Next year is going to be a problem, uh, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And we have new hardware in the yep. fall next year. So good times. Uh, Carrie, you were. You put Roller Champions down. I did. As your thing for Ubisoft. I think it looks fun. Roller Derby. Now, now are you a Rocket League player? Because I got serious Rocket League vibes from this when I was watching the trailer. No. Uh, my husband plays a lot of Rocket League. Um, yeah, I don't know. It it looks... It does sort of have that arcade style sports game feel about it. But it's colorful. It looks like it's something where it's probably easy to pick up, difficult to master. And I'm about it. Roller Derby is something I've sort of always been tangentially interested in, but I'm too afraid I'm going to break a leg, so I've never participated in the real life. So I'll do it in video games. <laughs> I see. I thought you'd put the the new chapter for the Division Two DLC that's going to be coming out this year that they that they outlined. You're going back to New York. Whoa, New York in the summer <sighs> to take on one of your own. There's yeah. too much too much Tom Clancy shit in this. <laughs> and like none, none including... of it was like the good Tom Clancy shit that people wanted. You know, people would have been really jazzed if there was a new Splinter Cell, but instead there was like, hey, you want new uh, Rainbow Six? We got new Rainbow Six. Hey, you want a Division movie? We're doing a Division movie. Yeah, hey, Division uh, movie. you want uh, John Bernthal to come out here with a dog? The dog's cute, but... Uh, here's, um, Ghost Recon, and we're doing a mobile game, and, uh, that's the most Sam Fisher you're gonna get for the next six <laughs> years, isn't a fun I was about game. to say, they are, they are doing a new Sam Fisher game, so, that's gonna be super cool. Well, when they can figure out how to, how to make money uh, perpetually off of a Splinter Cell game, then, uh, then you'll <laughs> see one, but... <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of Tom Clancy and just and Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Coming out promoting like, some fucking show <laughs> he's doing for yeah. Apple TV Plus. Yeah. That's I mean, like peak. That's peak Ubisoft E3 <laughs> bullshit right there. Yeah. Like, I think that guy's really funny, but he is from Philadelphia, so I can't, like, root for him outside yeah. of the Mac character. But he's... um. Yeah, I, it, it wouldn't be a Ubisoft press event without some random ass celebrity, um, 
And they had we got two, two random ass celebrities, yeah. and we got the uh, annual stupid just dance. Yeah, show I I, uh, I caught choreography. I caught uh, the first part of this live, and then I I made the mistake of you know because watching the second half yeah. completely unnecessary. And yeah, I'm there sitting wasn't there, anything in the second half. And I'm sitting there and I'm <laughs> feeding uh, my son, and I'm just like, "Yo, what is this?" And I'm just fast forwarding, fast forwarding, fast forwarding, and then it's just like, "Oh, I'm done. Okay." <laughs> so I really didn't care for Ubisoft's press uh, press conference, uh, except for you know. Watchdogs, but um, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move right on to Square. Um, we have two things to talk about with Square. Let's be fucking <laughs> honest about it because this this show was two giant bookends uh-huh. and a whole lot of bullshit in between. Uh huh. Um, which no none of us care about at all. No, I care. We care I, about I care two. like a little bit, but I'll talk about that later. Oh, the Kingdom Hearts fucking DLC. Oh, I, I mean, I wasn't going to bring that up, but since you have, um, I finished oh, Kingdom Hearts Christ. 1 I, I and Kingdom Hearts. No, no, <laughs> I finished Kingdom Hearts 1 and I finished Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm playing Birth by Sleep right now. So it's like they showed the DLC trailer and I was like, oh, I know who these characters are now. So I'm like kind of invested in in getting to the point where I'll be able to play this. So yeah, Kingdom Hearts DLC. That's the thing that's that happening. So, that is so sad. I couldn't. That's pre- so sad to me that you're working your way through that franchise. <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't pronounce anybody's name. In that DLC, uh, Xehanort and mm. Luxord were the nah, two. Nah, you just named two scrolls, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind not, of a scroll. <laughs> I'm going to not uh, use the fantastic transition segue that Micah just handed me. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pivot and turn and talk about Final Fantasy VII uh, first. Mm-hmm. Um. I still have a lot of questions about this game. Mm-hmm. I still have a lot of questions about what Square is doing with this game. Mm-hmm. That being said, the battle system looks really interesting. It looks super good. Seven. Did you uh, play Crisis Core? Uh, only a little bit. It, no. Only a little bit. This seems like an like a like a more advanced version of Crisis Core. There. I've heard people say that. Um, just looking at it from my perspective, it's almost like it seems sort of somewhere between like Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. I think it looks really good. I'm really mad that it looks as good as it does because you know I have said I have said for my whole entire fucking life that I don't like Final Fantasy 7, and I may still not like Final Fantasy 7. But fuck me if that game doesn't look good. That game looks good as shit. It does, man. It looks really good. The battle system looks really good. Everything about that game looks really good. I, I'm mad that it looks good because I'm going to have to fucking play it when it comes out in March with everything else that I'm fu- fucking playing next year. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, the the hater in me wanted this game to just, like, mm-hmm. be I wanted it to look scene. like shit. Right. Like, I wanted it to be all cutscene and and just, like updated like active time back. but nah yo it it, it looks really looks good really fun to the play, remix man. of the boss theme was fucking lit what get the fuck out of it. that that was the worst part of the trailer no, oh i liked it no, i liked that it that was terrible i liked no, it, I liked it. terrible <laughs> i liked it i liked it that first boss that first boss like i hate this fuck this is one of the words that i hate but uh, it, it is apropos in this situation it was epic 
right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're fighting that little spider thing. I remember fighting that spider thing. And I'm just like, okay, here's a di- nah, yo, nah, nah. They run around. It looks good. Fucking the 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 thing is on the wall, so you have to switch to Barrett because he's your long range guy. Like they're making you choose other people to play. Yo, it looks what good. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Why then, does that look so good? And then Tifa, yo, like look. That's I know Tifa's a fan favorite. Uh, that's the best character in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and- like she's the only one who's an actual like rounded character. Yes, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't, and I don't mean that in the in the gross sexual oh. that many people are, uh, are, are probably thinking about. She's oh. the only. She's the only. Uh, she's the only character that I actually give a damn about. Uh, second, you know, is probably Aerith. Everyone else is, you know, clouds. A, clouds an emo dick. Barrett is... Cloud uh, said shit. He right. said shit in the trailer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't seem that much... He seems like he has a little more personality now. He does. Which I'm shocked I by. I hope they let Cloud say fuck. That's all I want. The Barrett is just, uh, you know... Hey, Spidey, what the fuck? You <laughs> all right, yo. All right. All right. All right. All right, Balrog. Just, just shut the fuck up, yo. Here's, here's my hang-up. Here's my biggest hang-up about this. So they said March 3rd two blu-ray discs and that only consists of the midgar portion of the game yeah. so there's still because i thought because i thought they still hadn't confirmed what the delivery plan was for the game i think like that's it's that's two, what i am hearing is two that it's blu-ray two, discs two blu-ray worth discs of worth of content say. But it's still only like the first half of the story. So you know what that's that means. Even, if, if it's if it's just the Midgar portion, that's not even the first half of the story. That's the first like that's the first third, basically quarter of the story. That's so, too much. That's that's where my hang up is. Is that's too fucking much time spent in Midgar. You know what it means, right? It means that the second the next part of this is next gen. There's no way you're going to be able to to do the the other two thirds of this game like this. With all this fucking fancy ass, you know, shit. There's, I don't so, think there's a way you're going to be able to do that on current gen systems. Prove me wrong. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. You, you guys saying that fucking... So we, we talked a few weeks ago about how this isn't going to be what you hope it's going to be. I'm more worried now than I ever was before. This is going to be such a streamlined, fucking linear head down, you know, just traveling through the main story points of the Final Fantasy VII story. I mean, that's... And I think it, I think it's going to hold your hand. I think it's going to force you into specific areas. I don't think there's going to be a free-roaming aspect to the world. You might get the roam free in the little areas that they put you in, but I can't... I, it is going to be a very different game than the original Final Fantasy VII was. Well, that's... And I... That's what... The, I'm, I'm worried about that. That's what the first part... That's what the Midgar portion is, basically. Like, there is no... You know, there is no walking around and, like, no, you you are in certain areas you need to go from, you know, the bombing run, it's pretty linear to the actual thing, the reactor, and then, you know, you... You split up. You go to the train station, but no, it's it that that first part is very very linear. Yeah, but do you actually think they're just going to put you in the open world in episode two in this game? Do you think they're just going to let you fucking just run around and go where you want? And I think you know, I think that is I think that is something that next gen consoles would be able to do. Uh, you know, if I'm just you know. 
spitballing. I don't think current gen consoles will be able to just let you go around and do whatever you want. I don't think you'll be able to get the black chocobo going around all over the place. Not on not on this hardware. If if how much does the Blu-ray hold? Fifty gigs? If the Midgar portion is a hundred gigs, gigs, hundred gigs worth of time spent in fucking Midgar, and that's too much. And that's too much. The only logical place for this thing to end is um, with Eris's death, right? That's the only like logical. That's, that's so far outside of Midgar, though. It it is outside, but it's not like far outside. I think they'll let you go out of Midgard. They'll take you to that temple, right? Because you got to find a black material, whatever. They'll they'll handhold you to that temple, and then you'll you'll that because that's where like once you go through the temple and you get to like the center of it, right? That's where that's where Sephiroth just fucking like an RKO out of nowhere stabs <laughs> Eris in the back, right? Like because if it's you know uh, what, my speaking of Sephiroth, you know what my greatest fear is about this game. So we're gonna have a whole new generation of teenage girls who are just horny for Sephiroth. You know what my biggest fear is? We're gonna have a whole new generation of teenage boys who want to be Sephiroth. Oh yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well. Yo. Well, it sure looked. It sure looked pretty. It looked good. It looks man. really good. <laughs> it looked good, man. I, look, I want to play a- it. I don't think it's gonna be a day one purchase for me, but I'm probably gonna play it. I'm not afraid to eat crow, man. It, it mm-hmm. looks good. I, I'm not. I'm not there yet. I, I'm still not a believer in what the game is going to end up being. And and look, even even if this release is good, I'm still very nervous about what the what the long term play is going to look like for this game. Yeah. It also wouldn't shock me if you left. You know, you got out of Midgar. You know, you rode your little motorcycle outside of Shinra headquarters, and then they're like, "Cool, that's it, guys. Thanks. Have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this." We're not doing anything. We're not touching this ever again. Nah, no, no more is going to finish it. It's, it so. might take him the rest of his life, but he's going to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, by the, the other- way, I really have to appreciate the fact that when they brought out Tetsuya Nomura, they fucking played one winged angel. Like, <laughs> Nomura came out to the villain theme. That's, that's, Super fucking apropos. <laughs> that dude so, sucks at making games. <laughs> I should know. I should know I'm playing through Kingdom Hearts. Tetsuya Nomura is not a good game director. <sighs> they do come out eventually, though. Maybe. Maybe. At some point. Um, They also finally showed off... Tr- cutscenes for the new Avengers game. I have a lot of questions coming out. about this game. Uh, everybody has a lot of questions about this game, and I watched the panel. I, did, I watched that the, same uh, panel, and I still have the same <laughs> questions that I had before the panel started <laughs> about this game. Because when asked, like, is it live service or is it like an adventure game? They're like, sort of, sort of, kind of, all that, but maybe <laughs> not. <laughs> and. And they still and they, and they still like all they said is that if you're playing solo, it's gonna feel like you're playing a game built for that character. So if you're playing as like a solo Black Widow, it's gonna feel like you're playing a Black Widow game. And when you play with your friends, teaming up as the Avengers, it's gonna feel like you're playing an Avengers game. 
We don't know what the gameplay is like. We don't know what the style of the game is going to be. Other than that, other than that, it's an action game. We don't know what the live service aspect of the game is going to look like. We don't know the gameplay loop. We don't know how content's being delivered. We don't know anything about this game. They were like, "Ah, oh, yes, one more thing," out. and then like you saw <laughs> Hank Pym for like two seconds, and I was right, like, there, we "I guess we get to characters. play as Ant Man at some point." I was right. like, "Where's Carol?" That's my question. Where's my wife? Mm, do you want to see her? Future do you, future do you, DLC. Do you want to see her the way those faces look? <laughs> I honestly, I don't have that much of a problem with the renders of the characters because I knew that this wasn't an MCU game. Like, this sure. was a game that was meant to be its own original story in the same vein that the Spider-Man game from last year was its own original story. Sure. Um, and the Peter Parker in that game doesn't look like Peter Parker in any of the films. Um, he's just, Piggy. oh, Peter Parker. And it's like, I'm, I actually had, I had no problem with the way the Avengers looked. They look like a live action version of their comic book counterparts. Obviously, the guy who's been mo-capped for Captain America doesn't fucking look like Chris Evans. And because we live in a society, everyone's got fucking Chris Evans in their brain as far as, like, that's what Captain America is supposed to look like. So we look at PS4 Captain America and we're like, that's not Chris Evans, therefore it's terrible. And I just, I don't know that that's necessarily fair to the work that they've done. I think the characters themselves look fine like i'm not that mad about it i'm just being fun it it it's it's like when uh it's like when a different artist comes on a a, a book that you like right it just you know you it takes a second yeah yeah you get used to it i'm already used to it um it, it's just it, i don't I know what's some going gameplay on footage i yeah and i don't and i i want to say that some of that looked like gameplay footage without the ui you know some of the behind the camera so. some of you don't think some of the behind the camera stuff no i i that looked all that looked all pre-rendered to me i mean look i you, you're probably right man um you know if anything it's got a hell of a voice cast right i, I feel like that was the big part like, of the oh, reveal. Like, that was the here? most important part of the reveal <laughs> like look nolan north Troy Baker, yeah, the fucking the, uh, the new Jennifer Hale, Laura Bailey, right, and yeah. two guys that you've probably heard before but don't know their names. Uh, Yuri Lowenthal, wasn't he? Fucking no, oh, he's Spider Man. Spider Man, yeah, he was yeah, Spider Man. Yeah. Travis Willington, is, Willingham is Thor. Yeah. Uh, he's Roy Mustang. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> so uh, I haven't heard of Captain America, the guy playing Captain America, Jeff Sheen, but um. Yeah, man, you got the mega powers of voice acting. You got the power couple of voice acting. Mm-hmm. Travis is married to Laura, and um, and then you got Ka- and I'm Captain America. And look, you like how uh, you like how Noel North just gets to use his voice, but Troy Baker has to change his voice for, <laughs> for Bruce Banner. Otherwise, they'd sound too similar. <laughs> um, look, Marvel, Marvel's games division has gone on record as saying that they are trying to take this, you know, gaming very seriously nowadays. And, um, you know, you see the quality that, you know, they're, they're not, Marvel isn't developing, they're producing, they're helping produce, but they're not, they're not ready to put their name on things that they're not proud of anymore. Apparently. Um, 
I mean, I'm willing to give him a chance. I just I want to know what it is because she the the on the panel they mentioned something about we're gonna have content drops and no pay to win. Well, is this a pay to win? Is this a live service game? Right. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. It's the only it thing. Seems it seems like it's gonna have the framework of a destiny. Yeah. But without but they haven't mentioned anything about the looter aspect. And that's kind of an integral part of those type of games. I don't run the same strikes in Destiny over and over again because I enjoyed the strike that much that the mission's that fun. I'm grinding for gear. Like they're like that's that's the that's the bait that's on the hook for me to play these missions. Yeah. You know, over and over again constantly. One of the- So yeah. No, no, go ahead. I'm just saying, I, I just, outside of powering up your characters and, you know, unlocking skill points and things of that nature, I'm not sure what the hook is going to be for the game. On that panel, one of the people um, on the panel said, you know, yeah, you can play the critical path, but you can jump out at any time, you know, do some missions, level up, you can go back. Like... In my in my mind's eye, I I feel like this is like each character is like a class. Like Captain America would be, you know, a Void Titan, and Black Widow would be, you know, like a like a a a, 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 a gunslinger. Uh, damn hunter, you know. I but I I just. I, I don't know because then you're like, yeah, you can play your individual character during their story, or if you have a friend that jumps in, now it's an Avengers game. Like, well, none of it makes sense, and and I really need them to make sense for me. But other than that, I mean, other than wanting to know what the game is, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the most important thing, right? Is we want to know. How it plays, what it is. I mean, it has a release date, but we don't know what the fucking game is. I know more about Death Stranding than I do about <laughs> Avengers <laughs> for my square. So there you go. I've at least seen gameplay of Death Stranding. So that's true. Yeah, I'm not buying that so, game though. Oh no, I'm I'm not I'm not picking that up. That either. game's got a weird baby in it, so I'm <laughs> multiple mm, weird babies. Mm, apparently, mm, apparently, no. apparently, weird babies are a commodity in that game. Hard pass. A, 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 dispo- a disposable resource in that game. We'll see. Um, <laughs> we uh, we we conclude with the last presentation uh, that we just watched earlier today. Uh, arguably the best, the most effective presentation. Um, certainly the most consistent presentation. Nintendo does a great job of actually show, like when they show you a trailer, they actually show you gameplay in the trailer. Yeah, which I do, which I do appreciate. Um, and they so tend not to show things that, um, with one exception today, um, they tend not to show things that um, aren't coming out in the foreseeable future either. Um, I don't think really any company did that this year where they were like, hey, we teased the thing. It's not coming out until 2021. So be hype for the next forever, like Square used to do, but somehow didn't do this year so i'm very proud of them um yeah nintendo nintendo got me hype like they do every year got my fucking so, wallet and a vice grip i uh i i found it hilarious and we'll start with you carrie that they felt the need to announce two 
Smash Brothers characters because the first one that they announced, I think, would have been a little underwhelming if that was the only character that they announced. Uh, maybe. So I, I was, I was sort of, I was going into today expecting two. I was expecting one for the summer and one for the fall, and that's basically what they did today, right? Um, so the first character that they announced, which they sort of led the show off with, was a character they are just referring to as the hero from the Dragon Quest series. Now they're calling him the hero because you can make him look like any number of the characters from the Dragon Quest games. You can make him look like the Luminary from Dragon Quest XI, which also got a release date on Switch today. That comes out in September. Um, so you can make him look like that guy. You can make him look like the guy from 9. You can make him look like classic Erdrick. You can make him look like the guy from 5. You can make him look like anyone. It's the Dragon Quest hero. I really like Dragon Quest, so I was kind of jazzed for that. People are like, man, it's just another anime sword boy. And I'm like, yeah, but now we have Dragon Quest music and Smash Brothers, and <laughs> I'm kind of happy about that, honestly. <laughs> but the bigger news was that Banjo and Kazooie will be playable together in Smash Brothers, and that trailer was so fucking good because they that riffed. was a really good. It was, that a, was a really good reveal. Really good really reveal. Good they, yeah. <laughs> you know, they they did the same sort of bait and switch that they did when they unveiled K. Rule, except now K. Rule was with Donkey and Diddy. Um, being teased at first by uh, the Duck Hunt dog and duck. And then, surprise, bitch, it's Banjo-Kazooie. And I'm just like, I'm really jazzed about it. Uh, I thought the stuff that, like, fucking Phil Spencer went on Twitter and was, like, super excited about it. And the guys from Rare were like, we're really glad that we were able to make this happen. And everyone is just really happy about it. Who doesn't like Banjo-Kazooie? Like, I hope that this means that maybe we'll get like remastered versions of the first two games on Switch at some point as well. Hopefully this is heralding. Um, I mean, obviously what, like Nintendo and Microsoft have talked about doing big collaborations in the past. Hopefully this is just a sign of more good collaborations between Microsoft and Rare and Nintendo. In the future, I'm very excited for Banjo and Kazooie, man. Like this was a character that people have been asking for for years at this point and finally fucking happened. So um it's good shit the other thing that the other thing that i think looks cool now i don't think i personally have any interest in this um they showed they didn't touch much on pokemon in this direct because they dedicated they did a pokemon direct, direct pokemon last, last week. week um i am excited for fans of pokemon because nintendo looks like they're adding a lot of really cool revolutionary stuff to that franchise that i think it probably should have had a couple years ago if you'd actually had it on a proper platform instead of the 3ds well um so that so that's cool. Um, the, th- the you know the the things they're adding with being able to see the the Pokemon in the real world. You know you don't have random encounters and stuff like that, and you know the stadium battles and things of that nature just looks like a much cooler. It looks really um, good way to do it. the 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 UI looks fucking pristinely clean. Yeah, I I, I watched the gameplay um you know video that Nintendo showed during the Treehouse stream mm-hmm. afterwards, and that thing looks like clean as can be mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 gorgeous looking um but it's very cool um again i'm not probably gonna play it but i'm happy for fans of pokemon because you're getting a game that you probably should have gotten a long time ago yeah i'm quite frankly i'm super excited um the open world area the wild area looks really cool um i'm sort of eh on the huge dynamax pokemon yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, eh, it's, it's a gimmick whatever i and I, I, I let me tell you i'm a little the 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 hardcore RPGer in me is a little miffed that they're casually tossing the term raid around when talking about <laughs> battling these Pokemon. I guess I'm not a fan of that. 
Well, so it's put, like put, you can put, do put you can do. Term, I I would know. consider it a raid because you have to team up with up to three other people to like take down one of those in the wild, and it stays huge the entire time. So I would consider that a raid compared to other sorts of Pokemon challenges. But in any case, yeah, Pokemon <laughs> Pokemon Sword and Shield looks neat. Today on the Treehouse, we got to see a couple other new Pokemon that weren't in the Direct last week, including a Corgi, because the Galar region is based on Great Britain, so of course there's going to be a Corgi Pokemon. And I'm ready. Ready to have a good um, doggo. I am... They, they they casually mentioned that Dauntless was coming to Switch, which is I was just part of the excellent. rapid fire. I don't even care. Like that was the biggest <laughs> announcement for me <laughs> is that I can now play Dauntless on my handheld, uh, and it'll be fantastic, and that'll be great because it, it's it's it, it, Dauntless has cross progression. You can you can transfer freely amongst platforms. Nice. So fantastic. Um, I can't believe they're coming out with Witcher Low Res Edition. That that's just <laughs> I'm funny gonna play to me. it. You mean it's just like cool? Now I can just like sit on my couch and like. Have a baseball game on and also work on The Witcher. Like, I guess I'm gonna <laughs> so, play to, it. To me, I but to me, like for that one, like the graphical fidelity is is one of the features of that game. You know what I mean? Like how pretty the game looks is one of the. Reasons I'm gonna be playing play. it on a screen this big. You think I give a shit about? I don't know. Graphical those scan, those scan lines were those scan lines were pretty evident uh, <laughs> in that trailer that they showed. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, Micah. Would you like to talk about the only thing that you were excited about during this announcement? A game that I thought came out earlier this year, but I guess what it came out earlier this year was not. <laughs> no, Travis Strikes Back was a janky ass spinoff. Yeah, yeah, and I, <clears throat> I almost bought it, um, but I waited. And uh, smart, you know, yeah, no kidding. That's not something you usually do, Micah. Uh, it's not something I did today. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no more a proper no more heroes 3 is uh is coming out um you can and it continues the adventures of everyone's favorite fucking dork like this guy's a fucking <laughs> dork dude uh Travis touchdown um yeah i'm excited for this uh i really like the no more heroes franchise not necessarily for its gameplay because that first one didn't really play well, and uh, the second one was a little better, but I like the idea of just, like, uh, a bunch of assassins fighting each other, you know? It's, it's got like, a really good aesthetic. Yeah, it does. It is It is one of the more unique games that I've that I've played. It is. It knows exactly what it is, and it is not afraid to be dorky. It's like John Wick for weebs, and, <laughs> and, and, I, and I love it. So I'm I'm super excited that a proper No More Heroes game uh, is coming to the Switch next year. Uh, Carrie, tell me what information I need to relay to my wife as why, as why she should be excited about the new Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing New Horizon. So we have an actual title for the game. Um, so this in... In New Leaf, you were the mayor and you went into a town that was like already there and you did little improvements and whatnot. So in New Horizon, you are uh, a person who I guess Tom Nook has hired or you've hired Tom Nook and you go to a deserted island. So it's a whole ass island that you get to set up however you want and you get to lay out the town and build all sorts of stuff and and it looks really cute and I'm pretty excited about it. I like Animal Crossing a lot. I re-downloaded Pocket Camp today because this game 
got me itching for some Animal Crossing, and I'm not going to pick up my 3DS anytime soon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, it looks really good. Um, it looks like you can play local co-op with friends. You can uh, have multiple people working on the same island to build it up together, which is really cute. Yeah, it just sort of seems like the next logical step after New Leaf. Um where you had like little community projects and whatnot. Now you're like literally building the roads and whatnot. So it's cute. Um, it also is delayed. When they announced Animal Crossing Switch to begin with, they were like 2019. And now they're like mm, March 2020, like everything else, apparently. Uh, but they did say, um, I think Doug Bowser actually went on record today and said, hey, like we... We think that work-life balance is super important for our development team, and so we pushed it back so that we didn't have to endure a period of crunch in order to get the game out by the end of 2019. So it's going to come out in 2020 now, and I respect the shit out of that. So I feel like I feel like it's always been Nintendo's um, methodology anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but a nice way to score some some PR points. Absolutely. So. Um, Two Zelda things to talk about. Link's Awakening looks really fun and cool. Link's and Awakening is my nostalgic favorite. I love the shit out of Link's Awakening. And though it's not my favorite, um, I have pl- I have played and beaten that game, and I also have a great affinity for 2D Zelda games, and so I'm going to buy the shit out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, just to tell them, keep making 2D Zelda games, please, because... I fucking love it. Yeah. Uh, the last couple ones that they've done have been really good. Um, Link Between Worlds for 3DS is one of my favorite Zeldas. Like, it's within probably my top three um, with Link's Awakening and Breath of the Wilds. Like, those are it for me. Uh, yeah, Link's Awakening looks great. I love the visual style. Uh, I think it looks super cute. Again, Link's Awakening, when I was a kid, when I was first getting into video games, Link's Awakening DX was one of the first games that I went out and I bought for myself. It was my first Zelda. So to be able to come back to this as an adult and play it again and have all of the upgraded graphics and the higher fidelity music, um, like I watched the Treehouse presentation for this game today and getting to hear Marin actually sing Ballad of the Windfish. I was like getting a little weepy at my desk because I just like, I love that song. Uh, Marin is a really important character for me. And I just, I can't wait for this to come out and it comes out this September. So it's only a couple months off. So did they, uh, did the, and during the Treehouse presentation, did they uh, explore the dungeon creator? They did. Tool? And, okay, uh, I'm, I'm gonna go back and watch it was, it was pretty cool because they had, um, AGL Numa, uh, run one of those dungeons that one of the other guys at Nintendo had put together. And he did it in like three minutes because of course he did. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you can, you can, there's a, they replaced the camera hut area with, uh, Dompe's shack. So Dompe was not a character originally in Link's Awakening. He is in Link's Awakening now, and you can build your own dungeon and you can sort of time yourself as far as how long it gets, it takes you to get through it and um, challenge your friends and whatnot. And I think that's a really cool thing to add. Uh, The color dungeon from Link's Awakening DX is also back. So this is basically the best possible version of Link's Awakening. And I really hope that people play it and enjoy it because uh, at least in my experience, it seems like people who maybe started playing Zelda with Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask uh, never went back and played Link's Awakening. Maybe they went back and they played Link to the Past, but a lot of people seem to have skipped Link's Awakening along the way, which I think is very unfortunate. So I'm glad that this is a game that they are making for a new generation of players because it's super it's funny good. Cause, 
Link's Awakening has a really interesting development history um, because this game basically originated as like a side project mm-hmm. um, from some of the developers because they wanted to do a lot of crazy shit in Link to the Past, but Miyamoto wouldn't let them. So they just started making on their own time, just fucking around. I think it's really and funny. They eventually made a game out of it. So. Apparently, like as the story goes, a lot of members of that development team were like really into Twin Peaks or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know if that's actually true or if that's just some bullshit posted online, but like given the way that story plays out, that makes some degree of sense. Um, yeah, Link's Awakening is super good, so yep. I can't wait. You know what else is super good though? <gasps> Motherfucking Breath of the Wild. I'm two! just saying, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo had the Nintendo had the one more thing to end all one more thing, yeah. basically. Holy shit. At the end of that presentation. I was watching this at work and I was just like vibrating at my desk. I couldn't <laughs> fucking stand it, man. Like Breath of the Wild is um I mean, like everyone who's played it is like this is the best game I've ever played. Like Breath of the Wild I think currently sits for contention for perhaps the greatest game ever made and they're making a sequel to it that appears to be a direct sequel with the same Link and same Zelda who now sports a cute as shit Bob haircut. Uh, and they seem to have found none other than Ganondorf himself, um, his zombified ass buried deep under the ruins of uh, Hyrule Castle. And um, yeah, holy shit, inject this shit directly into my veins. Uh, I hope the fact that it's a direct sequel that appears to be running on the exact same game engine and using a lot of the same assets means that this is a game that comes out sooner rather than later. But of course, all they said was that it is now in development, which... Could mean fucking anything. So yeah, I was shocked. I I thought I thought this was DLC at first. Yeah, me first too. Showing the trailer, and um, and then no, it's gonna be a, a full fledged sequel. Um, gonna be very interesting to see how they pull that off because you know the reason you don't often get direct sequels to Zelda games is because the allure of going to a new Hyrule and a new world and and having a new world to explore. Is kind of uh, tantamount for Zelda, um, so I don't know how they'll pull it off. Um, I trust them to do it. Obviously, Link's Breath of the Wild was fucking great. Yeah, I mean, I think I've seen some really interesting theories about this because the sort of mummified thing that they found underneath Hyrule Castle is very clearly Ganondorf, um, based on the hair and the Gerudo symbols and so on and so forth. Like that's Ganondorf, so. Uh, what a lot of people seem to be thinking is that this is perhaps a game where um, Zelda, Link, and maybe a revived Ganondorf are able to break the curse that was put upon their souls by Demise and Hylia uh, at the end of Skyward Sword. And I hope that that's the case. I I, I just, I really want to see a, a revived Ganondorf. Because the last time we saw a Ganondorf in a canon Zelda title was 2006. So Twilight Princess was the last time we saw a a canon Ganondorf. So, Well, we've only had a couple Zelda games that have come out since then, too, (laughs) to be fair. Not very many. Um, Micah, were you surprised to see this tease, even though this game's probably not going to be out for like two years, if I had to guess. Yeah, it uh, gives me plenty of time to actually go back and play that game i I started it and i i have no idea where i'm at so (laughs) it's time to start over Mm -hmm. i mean i i pulled a uh, classic brad with breath of the wild where i basically got to the point where it was time to go 
take on the end of the game, and I just never got to it. Did all did all the divine beasts and have Link pretty powered up and found the master sword, but I just yeah never never actually finished the game. So classic me. Classic me. I'll probably never finish Breath of the Wild, but I will certainly. Oh, play it's Breath so the good, Wild dude! Too. Like go, going through Hyrule Castle isn't as hard as as you. I know, as you but think I but is. I feel but I but I it, it, you know it's been literally almost two years since I played Breath of the Wild. So I just go do back it, just do it, and get it over thumbs. with. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't. I I would have no yeah, no you bearing. Have to start over, and I know you don't right. want to do that. <laughs> no, definitely not for that game. I don't. I I enjoyed that game, but not enough that I need to play it again. All the way through. Mm. Um, so that was that was the E three um, presentations. Uh, I know we each, well, I know me and Carrie have one more thing outside of the press conferences that was pretty cool that we saw. Mike, I don't know if you remember anything that you saw outside of the press conferences that you wanted to no bring up. I, not really. Um, I didn't really get uh, too much time to see anything uh, that I haven't already seen. So. Okay. Um, yeah. So, Carrie, uh, you are pretty excited about uh, the, about the, old the full things. Mana franchise, yeah, yeah coming, coming to Switch, and and also the uh, Saga. Franchise. Yeah, that's that's uh, basically it. Well. So, I mean, these are things that were mentioned during presentations, but I think it's worth sort of bringing up the fact that we're getting both um, Seiken Dentetsu three as in its new, brand new English title as Trials of Mana, which was the sequel to Secret of Mana that had only ever released in Japan on the Super Nintendo, and then Romancing Saga 3, which, again, had only ever <laughs> released in Japan on the Super Nintendo. And uh, I don't I don't really know why these games had never gotten a proper English translation um, 25 years ago when they came out. A lot of people have pointed to the fact that Square and Nintendo had kind of a falling out for a while when Square decided to shift the Final Fantasy franchise to PlayStation instead of keeping it with Nintendo and going on the N64. Um, so uh, that that may have been a consequence of of that tiff back in the day, but uh, Second Densetsu 3 Trials of Mana is available as part of the collection of Mana on Switch right now, because it dropped as soon as the Nintendo Direct was over today. Uh, that's really cool that people finally get a chance to play that game because it's fucking good, apparently. And same thing with Romancing Saga, which has like eight different playable characters to choose from um, at, the, at the start of the story. Uh, the Saga franchise is not as well-renowned as uh, the, even the Mana franchise in America, but it's good and like those games are finally coming out and I just think that that's really neat. Um, it's too bad that Nintendo couldn't do that with some other franchises like fucking Mother 3, you sons of bitches. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just, I don't know. I just think it's neat that like after all this time, these companies are like, you know what? This game never came out in English and that's probably bullshit. So we're going to give give English players the opportunity to play this game now. Uh, for me, mine's weirdly in the same vein in, in some respects. Um this was also mentioned in the Microsoft presentation, but it was elaborated on later. Uh, they Gearbox released a Borderlands Two expansion uh, during E3, and it is it is free. Um, it is basically a prequel, the two point eight, if you will, uh, to lead into Borderlands Three. 
And I just think that's really cool, and it's exactly what I was looking for because I wanted I've, I've been itching to play more Borderlands, but I didn't want to just you know go back through and grind in Borderlands two because I don't want to burn myself out on Borderlands before three comes out and I throw myself into it. So this is this is perfect. Um, it's a you know small size. It's a it's a regular size Borderlands expansion, I guess, with a big long quest you know main quest line, and you know you have a lot of side quests you can do. Um, it helps bridge some of the story gaps. I start, I've started playing it already. It helps bridge some of the story gaps, um, that if you miss Tales from the Borderlands, you might not have seen, like, the fact that Scooter is dead, um, and things of that nature. And it's just, it's cool. It, it, it's been a while since I've spent any great amount of time in the Borderlands universe, and it just reminds me of why these fucking characters are great, because the humor is fucking excellent, and the gameplay is cool, and it's just, it's cool that they did it. It's cool that it's free. Now, it's only free until... Uh, July, so you might want to you might want to check that out. But if you just got Handsome Collection for free because it's free on PlayStation Plus right now, uh, you can get this for free too. And so and then also I think if you start a new character, um, it'll give you a level thirty jump just so you can experience the new expansion content right away because you have to be at least level thirty uh, in order to do it. So really cool. Um, I'm glad that they did that, and it's it's a sweet little coda I guess for Borderlands too. Um, right before we get into three and, uh, you should check it out if you are so inclined. So that is it. Uh, I feel like this was an accomplishment getting this all in, in an hour and a half. And this is why we did not <laughs> want to, want to go blow by blow through these press conferences. Cause I did not want to spend an equal amount of time talking about stuff that we just don't fucking yeah. fucking care about. Um, there were a lot of other stuff, uh, a lot of other things during the you know E3 that got revealed or announced or shown or talked about, but this was the stuff that was nearest and dearest to our heart or just the biggest stories. Um, so we hope that you that you guys enjoyed listening to this. Oh, I forgot uh, to say one more thing about oh. Nintendo. They they kept talking about Gooigi, and I need people to <laughs> stop saying the word Gooigi for as long as I live. <laughs> Uh, that's l- that's the cool. worst thing about Nintendo's press conference this year. Gooigi. The Gooigi is in the lexicon now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um. But yeah. So. But yeah. E- uh, despite the fact that we, you know, found a lot of stuff to enjoy, E3s kind of felt just really, really banal and and kind of meandering for me this year. I don't know about you guys, but it just feels like I- I'm really missing Sony not being there. Because you know, say what you will about Sony, they always bring. Mm-hmm. the fucking hype mm-hmm. when it comes to E3. Um, and I just don't feel like it's there this year. And I, and I also don't feel like that just doing a normal right, run-of-the-mill presentation like Microsoft did, like Ubisoft did, um, like Square did to some extent, cuts it anymore. Um, I, I, I think that there was nothing wrong with Microsoft, but they just felt kind of blah like there there like wasn't the there wasn't any sort of sur- beyond keanu reeves there wasn't a surprise at microsoft press conference like bethesda didn't do anything that i didn't expect them to do it was just like cool so we're gonna have a big feature on doom and a bunch of stuff on the mobile games and fallout 76 and then a couple new ip and that's gonna be it um everything mm-hmm. sort of like literally nintendo was the only company that um really surprised me at all um square had a bunch of stuff that like i'm interested in just by nature of the fact that i play a lot of rpgs well um so uh, square had a lot of stuff for me but it's like if you don't play rpgs then square didn't have fucking 
anything for you. Um, I thought Nintendo had probably the best showing this year between first and third party games. Um, reasons to buy a Switch. Um, Microsoft did not give me a reason to buy an Xbox, particularly not since I have a fucking gaming PC. Um, and they're going to put all their games on PC. Why the fuck would I buy an Xbox One? Well, let me ask you. You can even, you can even get Microsoft exclusives on I your can. PC. Well, For a dollar. Let me, <laughs> now, let me ask you guys two questions. One, what what are you expecting from these things at this point? And two, you know, I, I, I was talking with Johnny, um, and I, I agree with him. The whole, you don't have a reason to buy one well we're we're at the end of this generation like this generation's right. got maybe three years if you did if you aren't going to buy one you never were going to buy one nope. so that's kind of a that's kind of a lame excuse right like what are you expecting from these conferences that you say you weren't wowed or you weren't surprised but honestly if sony was there and mm-hmm. did the trailer showcase would you feel differently but they didn't they didn't do so la- say what you will about their presentation last year and the awkward transition between theaters and stuff like that but last year for sony wasn't the trailer showcase last year for sony was the gameplay showcase last year sony said we have six things to show you and we're going to show them to you and they're going to be done in these 10 to 15 minute gameplay demos and we're not going to have some guy come on stage and talk about it we're not going to we're not going to show you hype trailers we're just going to show you the games we're going to show you why you should be excited about what's coming for us so that's and that was refreshing that's the takeaway is just more gameplay trailers look i think I there needs to that. be more more gameplay in general i mean it seems that um microsoft had a lot of theatrical trailers um and look, Bethesda, the, I thought, was pretty balanced between gameplay and theatrical trailers just because they spent so much time on gameplay for Doom and for their mobile games. Um, Ubisoft was almost all theatrical trailers. Square, I thought, was balanced. Nintendo, I thought, was mostly gameplay. Um, I just, like, I want to... I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know. Like, I, I'm satisfied, personally, with with E3 at large this year. It still sort of felt like video game Christmas. I've now got a bunch of games on my list for stuff coming out by the end of this year, as well as stuff for the first quarter or so of next year um, to oh, be let, excited let me, let me, about. Let me tell you, by the way, too, with E3, I, I don't mean, mean to sound like that I haven't enjoyed what I've seen, but it's been like the most polarizing E3 for me personally. Like there are like six games that I'm like, Fucking come out now. Like, I'm ready for this shit now. And then everything else, I don't care at all about. But does like, that like does that speak no more to just your personal taste rather than the quality of the games themselves coming out? Maybe, but there's, there's usually at least a couple of games that, even if I know I'm not going to be interested in the game itself, I can stand back and say, wow, it looks really fucking cool. Like, I really wish I could get into this game because that looks amazing. And I'm not seeing that this year. Like the game, like the game, I feel like the games that, and and there's some games that I don't really care about or I didn't care about before. Like Watch Dogs is a great example. I didn't give a fuck about any of the previous Watch Dogs games, but I'm like really excited to check out Watch Dogs Legion because of what they showed during their presentation. Um, and, and that's, and that's why I'm saying like, and it's no coincidence to me that this generally the stuff that I was highest on 
is the stuff that they just showed the game. They didn't fucking dick around with trailers or this, that, or the other. I mean, Final Fantasy VII, we've been ravaging this fucking game for two years, and I'm just like, I'm impressed by what they fucking showed me. I'm, I'm worried about what it's going to be, but I'm impressed with, the, with, with what they brought to the table at E3 this year. And I think that's the way you have to do it. I, I, I think there's time to talk about stuff afterwards. They do enough panels. They do enough sit-downs with different media outlets like IGN and, and GameSpot and all these other people where you can get into the, the nitty-gritty and talk about the details and, and elaborate a little bit more. Just show, During your fucking presentation, just show us your game. Okay. Just show it off. Uh, you know, I agree with you, by the way. I'm just, uh, you know, I, there were way too many CG trailers uh, this year from everybody, quite frankly. Um, even stuff that's like, you know, here's a trailer for The Last Remnant Remastered. Like, nobody gives a fuck That game about came that out game, on PS4 already. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you showing me a CG trailer for the Switch version? Right. Show me like, fucking nobody, gameplay. Like, nobody gives a shit about that. I, the thing I want from E3, I don't want uh, a list of things that um that i don't want a a list of remasters coming out i don't want um cg i i I don't like cg trailers i i like cg trailers for in the same way that i like movie trailers right like but movies and games are completely different and it doesn't do anything to all it does, all CG trailers do is frustrate me because I'd, or if you're Jay, frustrate me because, <laughs> because that's all, because <laughs> that's all they do is just, they, they, they put ideas in my head of what I think the game should be. And if it doesn't come out that with the way I think it is, then I'm going to be disappointed. Like CG trailers aren't. They're not good, man. Like, they're not good for this particular medium, I don't think. But, um, yeah, I just bring that up because, you know, I, I, I'm trying to keep us honest. And, I've, you know, we're honest uh, to a fault. But, um, but yeah, I, I always, every year I see, you know, oh, you know, I'm not really, well, this was whack and this was terrible and they didn't show anything. and And I just want people to know what they're talking about when they say those words. You know what I mean? Like, don't just, don't just shit on something for the sake of shitting on it. Like, like, you know, like shitting on those Avengers things, right? Like, yeah, they look kind of weird, but no, they don't like, they look like people like, Mm -hmm. because they're people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's remember that this is usually the doldrums of, of the thing that we love the most. And, Let's just try to let's just try to get excited. I know I'm excited. I just spent fucking three hundred and fifty dollars on games <laughs> that I'm not going to play until next fucking year. So you know. Get hype. Like I said, the I mean this the stuff that I am hyped for, I'm really hyped for. So yeah. I, it, it's it's gonna be a very exciting uh back end of this year. And next spring, just—I mean, next spring. I, I don't know where we're going to find the time to 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 do all this shit next we'll spring. Have to save up some vacation days. Like, 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 like you might have like two months of Dense Pixels podcast where literally we're just talking about the games that we're playing and, yeah. and no news. 
no no other no other stuff we're just we we got we we got to talk about cyberpunk guys sorry <laughs> we're gonna spend an hour and a half mm-hmm. so that is that is it um thank you guys for for listening to this uh mike and carrie thank you for keeping up with the e3 so that we could we could talk about this um and you know, normal stuff. We didn't. We don't do housekeeping during the E3 special because it's once a year. But you know, subscribe to the show. Um, follow the other TNP Studios podcasts. Go check out densepixels.com/slash/premium. Uh, go follow Carrie on Twitch. Sup, it's Carrie. Um, social media: densepixels.com/slash/fans. So on and so on and so on. You guys, you guys know the drill. <laughs> um, we'll see you back next week uh, with your regularly scheduled programming. Uh, hope you enjoyed E3. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks. See you. See you.